Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Allergies are such a large part of what we do in dermatology. I am extremely excited to have Dr. Megan Painter on the podcast today. She is a boarded dermatologist and she practices at Angel West and Walt Ham, Massachusetts. She is also the founder and CEO of The Allergic Dog, which is a new online course that I am really excited for you to hear more about on this episode of the podcast where Dr. Painter takes allergies and dogs and breaks it down into small modules that you can kind of do at your own pace. So I think it's such a nice compliment to some of the education we do through the derm vet because dermatology is a very frustrating specialty. So finding ways that you can really learn how to practice dermatology in your clinic is exactly what we want to teach. We have a great conversation about IL-31 inhibitors, apical and cytopoint, and how it's really revolutionized how we treat allergic dogs. I really hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Derm Vet Podcast. I am very, very excited to have a good friend, an amazing dermatologist, Dr. Megan Painter on the podcast today. And gosh, I remember back in the day when you were a resident and I think I just finished, I actually can't remember. I think I just finished my residency and you were doing a residency, you know, kind of in conjunction with the same company. And, um, I still remember like you'd fly to California and we would, you know, have drinks and, um, you've just always been very passionate about education, which is why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. So thank you so much for giving up some time to be here today. It is great to be here. And yes, I vividly remember the first time <laughs> that we met and we went out and like, we, we went shopping or something and I still have the dress. And, yeah, I still I have shoes. the dress. So yeah, yeah, yeah I have it's, yeah, it's, isn't good. it kind of funny that you remember little things like that when I still put on that like floral dress, I still remember like Megan was like, oh, you have to get that. Like, that looks great. Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, that was, thank you. Well, that was before two kids. <laughs> so things have changed a, a little time, bit. Yeah. It was a long time ago and one child for you. So yeah, life has been crazy. Um, I want, so we're going to really cover an important topic, right? It's about the use of these antipyritics, apical cytopoint, something we use commonly for um, canine allergic dermatitis. Um, I'm going to wet everyone's whistle that you have some very exciting course content that has come out and has been very successful and raved about as far as um, educating really about the allergic dog. So everyone has to stick around or make sure they get to the end of the podcast episode because I want you to have time to really talk about it because I know that it's going to be super helpful for a lot of our veterinarians because, Absolutely. you know, canine allergies, 
there is a lot of them. <laughs> oh, so common. You guys are inundated with allergic dogs and cats in your practice. And yeah. it's difficult because they're all so unique. So yeah, absolutely. This is something that I love talking about Good. and helping veterinarians figure out. So yeah. Perfect. Well, they're going to, they're going to see how amazing you are about talking about this through the podcast. And then they're going to have to stick around and learn how they can get your course so they can get more, even more in-depth knowledge. Cause you know, trying to cover everything in 30 minutes with IL-31 medications, um, we are not going to get to all of it. <laughs> so we will do our best to kind of uh, get you guys ready to dive into that content. So let's start out. So we know interleukin-31, right? Like, I mean, when I started, we didn't have these medications, apical and yeah. cytopoint. Um, so interleukin-31, or you'll call it, you'll hear it, hear it called IL-31. It is something that's really been you know, dramatically changed how we have thought about canine allergies. So we know it's really important in the role of apical and cytopoint, and we'll talk about the differences a little bit later, but can you just really explain this interleukin in dogs with atopic dermatitis? Let's go like 10,000 foot view, because I know that you could get really nerdy on it, which I love, but yes. what's for, for our general practitioners and our technicians, what's the role IL-31 plays? That's great. It's a great question. And we are really lucky to have so much research and development that's devoted to canine allergy and it's changing the landscape of practice all the time. And that makes it a little bit harder because you do have to keep up with new therapeutics and what they do. And then knowing how each one fits into that puzzle of canine allergy is, I think it's really difficult unless yeah. you just sit down and say, okay, how do I deal with all of this? So from an IL-31 perspective, the best way to think of this is as an itch cytokine. And when I'm putting medication or I'm putting kind of a patient into a picture, looking at each individual patient, I really think and remind myself that canine allergy is an inflammatory dermatosis and that there's a huge cascade that's creating that inflammation. And so IL-31 is part of that cascade, but it's not the only part of that cascade. There's so many other cytokines that are involved and there's so much else that promotes acute on chronic chronic allergy, acute presentations of allergy. And so all of the medications that we have available kind of fill a hole or a gap or address one of those inflammatory issues that a dog might be facing. But IL-31 at its most basic understanding is really a, a, a cytokine that helps generate that itch response or that feeling of itch for your patients. What I think is really important that you kind of touched on is there is more than just IL-31. Yes. Um, and it's important to realize. And I think, honestly, these medications have revolutionized how we've treated allergies, right? Yeah. However. Allergize. I like how you said <laughs> I don't think I actually meant to say that, but <laughs> you give, yeah, you get my, you get my sleepy like, mom brave. Hashtag allergize. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll have to like trademark it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what's important to realize in, I think is really frustrating, even for us as dermatologists is that pets respond differently. So interleukin 31 is extremely important but I actually think there's a lot, and I think all dermatologists can agree on this. There's a lot we don't know, right? Like there's a lot we're still figuring out about allergies. Um, and that's why you can have some dogs who just dramatically like, wow, successful on, you know, the first thing you pick, like you do side a point life-changing, great. Others 
don't respond as well. And then they do great on Apoquil. Others maybe don't respond either. Um, so it is really interesting. And I think we're going to learn more and more about different subsets, honestly, of even atopic dermatitis. Like there's probably different variants of that that we don't really know that much about. And I know sure. we could get super nerdy about like IgE like and all that type of stuff um, or atopic like, but um it's, you know, it's important to realize it is complicated, just like you said, and that's why we have to realize every pet responds differently. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the course I have, um, I think it's like 13 or 15 minutes devoted to IL-31. I learned a lot about the cytokine. It's really quite interesting, but I emphasize not to put it on a pedestal. And I think a lot of times we think of this therapeutic as going to solve the dog's problems. And in some cases for super paritic dogs without a lot of inflammation, it absolutely can. But if you're forgetting about the inflammation that's generating, you know, moderate to severe otitis externa, protodermatitis, or something like that's very inflammatory, you're really not going to hit where that dog needs. And so that's why putting that inflammation and itch on a sort of kind of graph really, and that actually provide a graph in my course on how to look at each of these medications from an inflammatory and itch perspective, Cytopoint is really hitting at that itch level only and not really hitting a lot of that inflammation that can generate some of those uncomfortable aspects of canine allergy. And yeah, breed phenotypes. I am obsessed with breed phenotypes of allergy. I think it's really interesting to see, you know, 80% of German shepherds are going to have an inguinal presentation and, you know, front paws and French bulldogs are going to look a certain way. And, you know, you're going to have your Westies and it is absolutely essential to think of all of your patients as a special snowflake. And I say that all the time, not only in my exam room, but in the course, because it's something where every dog really is different. Um, but that I think is overwhelming and you can say, oh my God, you know, but then how am I ever going to figure it out? And I really try to simplify it by just saying, remember to look at itch and inflammation and then make sure we're addressing inflammation and the skin barrier for every patient. And that's really the hallmark and cornerstones of um, how I practice as a dermatologist to try to simplify every patient down into those two main things that we're looking to use medical management for. I love the snowflake. I always think of it as like a, I, I think of it as like a fingerprint, but snowflake's really a lot cooler. I think of it as like so a fingerprint. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's a fingerprint. It's all unique to us. You know, it's all different. We all respond differently. So what I always tell owners is I have certain reasons. I'll want to start one of the therapies and we're about to jump into the difference between them, which is important to realize they are different. But I say we kind of need a starting point. Like there's certain reasons I may be really selective over which one of those I use, right? Like you said, if there's a little bit more inflammation, maybe I'm reaching for Apoquil. If I need that stop start, because we're doing something like a diet trial in a two-year-old dog, um, I may reach for Apoquil. If they're, you know, if a dog doesn't want to take oral meds or a really a young dog, like an eight-month-old dog, then we're going to reach for things like Cytopoint. And sometimes they don't know, like, I'm like, I don't know yeah. which one would be easier for you to do. So I think it's important for them to realize we have lots of failures on these drugs and then we'll switch and they're successful. So it's not like we even exactly know which one they'll do before we move on to MOA. I, and I know we're focusing on the IL-31 inhibitors, um, but just to plug, cause you know, we all love our cytology. 
when we talk about inflammation and really bad effects to the skin too, it's just so important. We're finding that infection. You talk about those Westies that they just phenotypically get that like kinified skin and they're disasters and have like, like to have multiple allergies. You know, we know they're predisposed to things like malassezia, but we have to do our cytology and make sure we know for sure. Cause I have seen a Westie look like an elephant and be shocked to only find bacteria. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just really, really important that that is a port part of the, um, inflammation, part of the effects of the skin that we're thinking of as well. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think that the, the patient can change over time and then it's, you know, it's not so much that we're curing these animals with medical management. It's so, I think, realistic and important to make sure our owner education is saying this medication works for four to six weeks, or this medication is an on-off drug that lasts for 24 hours so that the expectations are set up appropriately because allergies are forever. You know, this is a chronic relapsing recurrent condition. That is something we're going to be managing to some degree for the dog's lifetime. And not every dog is severe and not every dog is mild, you know, again, special snowflake, they're falling somewhere on a spectrum. And the job on our part as a veterinarian is to find and fill in that gap of where they need some inflammatory coverage, some itch coverage, some skin barrier coverage, infection management, all of that is part of their puzzle that we're putting together for them. And that's really, I think the kind of when you get to the ultimate of how do you manage allergic skin, you're really just looking at itch and inflammation, potentially secondary infection. And then how best can I manage this long-term because, you know, doing cytopoint once and expecting it to then not have symptoms recur in four weeks is inappropriate. It's an inappropriate use of the therapeutic. So um, those kind of expectations, I think are really helpful to set up with with the owner as well, so that they know, you know, they're not saying, well, yeah, it only work, but only for four weeks, you know, yeah. I love people say that. Cause it's like, well, that's exactly what it's supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're like, you're like, well, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. It's, it's so true. Communication and expectations. Like it, it is, it is so important and you will become a broken record. Sometimes it's like you said the expectation, but they forget. And so you're kind of like every recheck being like, yeah, it's spring. Like we knew a flare might happen. Let's get ahead of it. Things like that. Um, okay. So let's jump into Apoquil because we're going to really go over the differences because they are different of how these drugs work. And I know you spent a lot of time really looking into the specifics of this. So let's start with the mechanism of action for Apoquil, and then we will move on to Cytopoint. Great. So Apoquil is a Janus kinase inhibitor, which basically just means that it's blocking the cascade or the pathway that cytokines are formed. So it's just a matter of kind of putting a stop on the production, the downstream of the downstream production of certain cytokines that are involved in the allergic pathway in dogs. And because it's cytokines, plural, it's more than just cytopoints. So it's blocking several cytokines that are involved in the allergic cascade specifically. And what's unique about Apoquel you know, compared to something like a steroid is that it's much more targeted for allergic inflammation. So when dogs have allergic inflammation, the type of allergic cascade or the type of inflammatory cascade that's developed has a certain subset of cytokines and Apoquil is specific to that subset. And that's why we're lucky to have it because it's so targeted for allergic dogs. It's not, oh, well, we're going to give 
prednisone and it's going to have a broad effect across the body and affect every cell in this dog's body. No, it's going to target specific cytokines that are involved in the allergic cascade that a dog is generating because they have allergies. Um, so that's really the mechanism there. You know, we get really down and dirty with, in this, with the course, it's like, I think 15 or 16 minute lesson specific to mechanism of action, but really all you need to know is it's a Janus kinase inhibitor, which is a specific subset of medications that is going to prevent the production of cytokines from being produced by these cells because we're blocking kind of the onset of where they would come from. Yeah. What I've always kind of learned is besides 31, that it can also inhibit things like IL-2, which we actually know is a, another interleukin that cyclosporin though more widespread, but that's one that we traditionally think of is affected by cyclosporin as interleukin two, four, six, 13. And like you mentioned, it's an inhibitor receptor. So that's different than when we think of a true monoclonal antibody. So now walk us through the difference. So we kind of understand Apoquil kind of stopping that cascade of different, you know, inflammatory things that are happening, all these interleukins. Well, so how is Cytopoint different? Because when it first came out, a lot of people were calling it injectable Apoquil and we'd all cringe like, no, it's not. So can you explain the difference? Because it's important to recognize. Sure. So Cytopoint is an injectable therapeutic and it's a monoclonal antibody. So this is a biologic medication and it's a canonized. So only for dogs, monoclonal antibody that blocks IL-31. So it essentially binds IL-31 that is already produced. So your inflammatory cells, your activated keratinocytes, your activated T cells, they're going to produce IL-31. It's there. And then Cytopoint monoclonal antibody is going to bind to it and neutralize that cytokine. So it has a different effect in that it's not blocking at the beginning, it's blocking after. So it is still produced, um, but it has, you know, the effect of reducing in the end, the amount of IL-31 present, which in turn will then reduce the amount of pruritus. Um, so yeah, the mail is sent, but the mailbox is gone, I think is the kind of funky way of thinking of it. There's so many cute ways that people describe things. So the mail is allowed to be sent, but the mailbox is blocked. And then I think with the, with Apoquel, it's just that the mail is not able to be sent. (laughs) Interesting. I have to really think about that. But yeah, whatever works. I wasn't ready to do my mail analogy, but okay. it is like where, you know, basically it's the downstream effects aren't going to happen because it's blocked at the beginning with Apoquel. And then the other is just that it's already produced, but then it's neutralized by a cytopoint. So in the end, I think, you know, your mechanism of action is important, but then I think people get overwhelmed by that because it's, it's not necessarily like clinical knowledge, you know, okay, well, who cares if it's a monoclonal antibody? body or not. I think the important thing about the different types of therapeutics is just that we do have variety. So there are options for every patient. One thing that's beautiful about Cytopoint is that there's no known contraindication for delivery. So it is a safe therapeutic to give an ER. You know, if you're a busy ER vet and you're seeing a pruritic dog and you're not hundred percent sure why it's pruritic, it's fine to give Cytopoint. You know, you're not going to mess something up you know, greatly. Um, whereas you could really 
to do some damage if you're using something like atopica, you know, when you're seeing a, a case and it ends up being an opportunistic infection, you know, so ideally, yes, you want to be using this for allergic patients, but the safety profile for something like Cytopoint is very wide. Um, and I think that that's one of the benefits to it being, you know, a biologic medication that's, that's very um, safe to give to dogs, dogs, not oh, cats, ever. Yeah. dogs. Yeah. I did get asked once about trying it in a horse and I was like, okay, couple things. Yeah. It's like one, no, it's like two, I mean, it's like, that, yeah, but no. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, it's like, it's because of how it's created. So it's, yeah. it's so essential. And I think people are always trying to, you know, look at unique or creative ways to solve problems and that's all they're doing. But it is very important to know that this is a drug that's only for dogs because it's a biologic. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's made for dogs. It has dog stuff. It's not something that you can then generalize, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think, like you said, you know, yes, we could dive deeper into the specifics about these medications. We love it. It's what we do. But really the reality is you just need to feel comfortable knowing some basics. Yeah. So you're going to, you know, side point, very specific, neutralizing interleukin 31, attaching, neutralizing. There you go. You know, Apoquil really affecting a receptor and kind of that downstream process, like you said, potentially really, really focused on interleukin 31 compared to more widespread things like steroids. However, also affecting potentially other cytokines like 246, all those things, right. which could be, which may be super beneficial in some pets. So that's why it's really interesting to see what responses, what responds and what doesn't to certain medications. So talking to a clinical aspect, say, no, you and I are both passionate about really breaking this down to, okay, but we're in the clinic. We're teaching general practitioners like how to use these medications and feel comfortable with them. So walk me through maybe some situations. You touched a little bit on Cytopoint and we'll still get deeper into that. But if we go back to Apical, what are some situations? And I, I know I mentioned a few before where you're like, yeah, I think I'd start with Apical in this case. Like what drives you if you kind of could go either way to decide sure. on Apical? A dog with some inflammation. So yeah. itch and some inflammation, not moderate to severe inflammation. Moderate to severe inflammation is best handled with something like a steroid or atopica. And again, reviewed this at length in our course. Um, but Apoquel, absolutely. You know, we have two, four, six, 13, and 31 that's going to be uh, reduced as a result of using Apoquel. That's going to help reduce that inflammation that's driven by those cytokines. And so when you see some erythema, when you see some generalized Caritis and erythema. When you see a dog who has mild otitis externa, mild interdigital erythema, um, mild peel paritis, maybe even moderate, those are dogs that very likely will do very well on a drug like Apoquel because of that inflammatory coverage that Cytopoint could not provide them. So if you have some of those presentations, I think Apoquel is a great option. And looking at it from, again, an inflammatory and itch perspective and trying to put your patients somewhere on that line, I think is a really nice and simple, clear cut way that literally every day in my practice, this is what I'm using um, is a graph that I just came up with to say, okay, how can we simplify use of these medications from an itch and inflammation standpoint? Mm -hmm. And inflammation is hard to assess, right? It's not something that we're expecting a general practitioner to like do a research level, a global assessment of a dog's inflammation. But it is something where you look at a dog and you assess seborrhea, hyperplasia of the ear canals, moderate to severe pododermatitis, changes that you look at the dog and you're like, God, you're so just inflamed. 
you poor animal. And almost sometimes they're more inflamed than they are itchy. Mm-hmm. You know? So in those cases, you might not have success with Apoquil and you probably really won't have success with Cytopoint because they just have too much inflammation. But when you start to see that be reduced and it's less inflammatory, but they're still itchy and a little inflamed with some ear infections and redness, and maybe a little lichenification from chronic chewing and trauma to their skin, Apoquil is a great pick to start with, Yeah, Um, you know, and it's an on-off drug. You're going to know so quickly if this dog's going to respond to this medication, which is beautiful. Yeah. And I think too, it comes with experience, right? Like this is all we do is look at skin and we get, and like I said, sometimes they pick wrong. Like I pick one and I'm really confident that's the right place to start and they'll come back and they're not as responsive and then we'll switch. And then we're like, wow, never mind. You're a great side point responder for whatever reason. Um, sometimes, you know, you have those tough, long refractory cases that do successfully having both of those things. Um, and, you know, yes, there's other therapies that, you know, we could always break into. We're focusing on the IL-31 inhibitors today. It's just important to realize that sometimes we don't know because I, I hear that frustration yeah. from general practitioners. as well. They didn't respond to apical. So they won't respond to side point. No, like some of them do fabulous. If you actually switch which one they're on. The other thing I think is really great. You brought up. So I love all the analogies. I like to tell owners dealing with allergies is like playing chess because we have to make the move that's needed at that time because people get frustrated when they're on apical. They're doing great. They're doing great. Whatever spring happens. They get into food. Something happens that caused them, like you said, to get that stenotic, really swollen ear canal. And I'll be like, well, we probably need to go on steroids for a month. And they're like, oh, the app doesn't work anymore. I'm like, no, I didn't. No, that's not true. They worked for like 10 months. We just need to get through this patch. Then we can go back to it. It's so like you said, you can see those cases where you're like, oh, maybe you are one that needs steroids right now. But then yeah. maybe as we follow up, because this is a chronic lifelong disease, then maybe we can go back. I do that all the time with really adembitous ears. Like they're doing great. They're doing great. Flares happen. Even with our patients, my own allergic dog flares, it happens. So treat what you need at that point, but then don't just give up on a drug. If really for a long period of time, the pet was doing extremely well with that. So I think it's important to realize you can change things and manipulate. It's not a one-off. It's not, well, that is your drug. You know, once you fail or have an infection, we're done. Like that chronic thing. And that I really, I drive that home a lot. There's a few things I want to kind of just build on of what you just said. There's one that I think is really important, which is how to do rechecks for these patients. And this is, I think the hardest spot right now in veterinary medicine, because everybody's overworked and we like are just, we're doing the best that we can to see and get everybody in. And like, how could we possibly get even more involved, you know, like, do I really, I don't want to call them because I actually don't even have time to see them if they're not doing well. Right. So it's, it's tricky to, I think, do rechecks. But one thing that we've done in our practice that um, has been really great is just automate email check-ins with our owners. And we do that about one to two weeks after their appointment. And we have started doing it through our um, email system. We had a calendar. So it was just in our Outlook calendar where we would write in, you know, Fluffy Smith 
check on ears. And then our technician, she comes in at six. So she gets there an hour before I do. She sends all those emails for the day. And then by the time, you know, 10 a.m. rolls around, people have responded. I respond by email. I barely pick up the phone because I don't like doing phone calls if I don't have to, because they take so much time and it's all email driven. And it was scary at first to do that because you're worried, oh my God, how many emails am I really going to get? But it has made a huge difference. One, for connecting with our owners and keeping that trusting relationship going and also for just making sure our patients are doing well so that if you know they're starting to flare, you know that they're not doing well on the therapeutic and you would expect them to be by now, then you can get them in or create another solution. And it doesn't necessarily mean an office visit. Um, So I think that's really important. And then, you know, the other is just setting up the kind of consistency of how often is it okay to flare up? This is a chronic relapsing condition. And so our goal with medical management is to reduce the amount of flares. And so if we're riding a roller coaster and we're doing that through the entire year, well, that pet's not well managed. And if we're doing, you know, pretty well and we have a small blip of a couple of weeks where, okay, ragweed got the best of them. Yeah, that's fine. This is expected, you know, allergies is again, going to be this ebb and flow of building blocks that eventually put an animal over that inflammatory line. And so our job with medication is really not to cure them. We're never going to bring them to zero a hundred percent of the time. It's to keep them from flaring and to keep them under that line. And that's, what's the most important thing and aspect of medical management. Yeah. You said, I set the expectation that a flare will happen. Like we have, we're doing great. We're, we're spreading out our rechecks. Yay. Like that's exciting. And then I always end with, however, that is a decent amount of time and flares happen and things change and I almost expect it. So once you start noticing the mild things, you know, get back in, give me a call, get a hold of us so that you can always train your clients to expect it. And then they're coming in when things are more mild versus the disastrous case that we know can happen with some of these cases. Right. Absolutely. And then how about site appointments? You mentioned a little bit like, so safety profile is super high. What are other situations potentially where you might reach for something like site appointments? Sure. It's a great bridge therapeutic. So if you're about to start a diet trial, I have a lot of resources on performing diagnostic diet trials. It's probably my number one passion um, in speaking and talking about um, how to help people make this diagnosis. So that's something that I absolutely love talking about. If you want more information, please hit me up. Um, But when you're about to start a diet trial and you don't really want to be giving an oral medication that you're going to then have the owner potentially have a downfall with because they're going to use something like cheese or a pill pocket, um, then yeah, Cytopoint's a great option. I think of it as a bridge therapeutic to get us through that first four weeks of the diatrel and hopefully reduce paritis enough. And then perhaps by the time they're at their four week mark, you know, they might be a lot better. And again, that's a great option for dogs less than year of age that you can't use Cytopoint for that have diarrhea and you're about to start a diatrel because they're most likely going to be a food allergic dog. So um, I really like it in those cases cases. Um, I think cases where you really are just seeing paritis as the biggest life quality issue, I think that it's an absolutely wonderful option to try. Um, so I, you know, I love using Cytopoint, but I think it's so important to make sure that you're using it for the patients where paritis is really their driver. You know, don't look at an otitis externa predominant case and say, let's try Cytopoint first. You know, that is something where you're going to 
probably not hit um, the right mark for that dog's level of inflammation that's driving their otitis. Could it help make them more comfortable, reduce some of the itch driven there? Yes, um, but certainly the amount of inflammation is going to be the number one consideration you want to have for that type of case. And I think I might've misheard you, but I just want to clarify. So you mentioned the dog under a year of age. I thought maybe um, you said we couldn't use site point four. I might've misheard, but just to clarify, um, we're not using Apical for because that's labeled for 12 months and older, but site point no age restriction, which is the really beautiful thing about it. Cause there's not exactly. too many safe therapies we have that you have no exactly. age or size restriction. It's great. That's right. Um, so yeah, if you're seeing a younger dog where yeah. you would not be able to use Apical, site point could be a very reliable therapeutic to get them through that first few months so that then you can use Apical appropriately on label yep. instead of risking the potential issues with using it in a dog less than 12 months of age. Yeah. Perfect. Um, any before, um, cause I do want to make sure you have time to chat about your course a little more in depth, any other thoughts you have, or you can lead that into, well, I guess a lot, I mentioned it, but do you use Apical and Cytopoint ever together? Cause I get sure. asked that a lot. Yeah, there are some patients that are so paritic that really benefit from a combination of therapies. I really try to solve problems simply. So if I can do something with one therapeutic, I'd way rather do that than use two. Um, but if we need to escalate the treatment therapy, you know, the treatment protocol for that patient because the initial therapy isn't working or a single therapy isn't helping, then absolutely it's not something that I would be opposed to. Um, but you really want to be sure that you're doing that because they need it. You know, you, you don't want to just say, oh, I look at you and, you know, you need both. I wouldn't start right out the gate. I always talk about layering in therapeutics um, where you're going to start simply and then build or layer things in for that patient based on how they respond. And that might be something that I would layer in similar to adding in different skin barrier therapeutics and things like that, that can really also help reduce inflammation and pruritus. So you really, again, looking at the patient as a whole um, and thinking about the different types of problems that they are presenting with specifically. Sure, combining Cytopoint and Apoquel might be useful, um, but there could be another patient that has a very different presentation and you don't do that. So it's not definitely not a hard and fast rule, but not a contraindication. Yeah, I think important to recognize you can, but yeah. not a rule of thumb. Uh, cause some people think, oh, you can't, and you're like, you can, but like yeah. you said, you don't run to it. You just have some cases that really do successfully need both in those difficult cases. Well, this has been wonderful. I do want to end, you know, we could go forever. Um, we could go forever. <laughs> I'm like, let's have a day long podcast. Um, so I do want to make sure you get time to talk about your course. So just ending, give me a little bit of thoughts on any other thoughts you have slash you know, tell us a little bit more specifically about your course, The Allergic Dog, so we can provide that resource um, for our listeners. Great. So thank you so much for having me here, your audience and everybody. I mean, you guys are all just such passionate veterinarians, veterinary technicians, just part of the veterinary team. And one of the reasons why I created the course was just to give back to the veterinary community because I really wanted to provide a stable, energized, organized resource for veterinarians and veterinary technicians to learn more about how to manage allergy. Is I feel like in veterinary school, we learn about the weird stuff 
and you know you learn about cutaneous manifestations of internal disease and you make sure that you can recognize a hepatocutaneous syndrome but you don't actually learn like how to use apical in practice or you don't see that many allergic dogs through your rotation if you even had one because you know they all go to private practices and the weird cases end up going to universities so i think that there's a huge need for um, this level of education and i really wanted to provide that and i started with the medication master's course which is eight hours race approved ce um, for veterinarians technicians are welcome to take the course but i do plan to make a technician specific course in the future um, just so that that's more targeted to what a technician would need to know and then how to help them communicate with pet owners because they're really on the front lines with that. Um, so that is hopefully to come. There's so many courses that are going to end up being produced through the, the site. So definitely just join our mailing list or keep checking things out there. But the medication master's course is a really um, just organized place where there's so much information about the different therapeutics that we use to treat allergic skin and ear disease in dogs and how to think about them. So for me, it's really a practical, like, okay, I have an allergic patient. How do I need to think about my allergic patients? And then how do I need to think about using different therapeutics for them at different time points in their disease, or just in general, how do I need, you know, what do I need to know to use and consider antihistamines, atopica, apoquel, cytopoint, and steroids. So those are the drugs we review in the course. Um, so it's a, it's a really fun course. People have been giving it awesome feedback, which just makes me feel good. Cause that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I really want people to get a lot of the, out of the course. And I, I think that that's happening. So come check us out. Um, it's www.theallergicdog.com. Um, and we're also on Facebook and Insta. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Nice and simple to the point. It's kind of like yep. the derm vet. I'm always like, I don't know, but we're derm vets. So see, you know, we keep it simple. Um, yeah. I may be buying this course. It just sounds like it's, <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to learn from, you know, we all have different ways of teaching things. And we all, like you, we talked about before we got on this podcast, you can always learn like, yeah. you know, we're never above learning. I mean, even in our specialties, I get asked questions all the time. I don't know the answer to, you know, Another it'd be, thing too, yeah. the course is that I created, I don't even know how many handouts there's a steroids handout. There's an apical handout. There's a pet owner handout. There's like every every module has a handout and extra credit reading. So one thing it's nice is that like, if you wanted to learn more about IL-31, there's basically five journal articles that'll help you learn more about IL-31 in that lesson. So that's one of the funner things that I did was just, or cause you got, you know, you like what we should see behind me. It's my like journal pile, you know, like what reading all this stuff. So it, it organized everything. I like to organize. So, That's awesome. um, so it's a good place and you have lifetime access to the course if you sign up. So, um, awesome. definitely come check it out. I just want, want everybody to, to know that you're doing a great job and there's so much to know. Um, and it's not so much, this is a hard disease to manage, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I really want to help people simplify these cases for themselves and for pet owners and ultimately for our patients so that they do better. I love it. The allergic dog, the derm vet, they're like one in the same. It's awesome. I am. Yeah. Everyone check it out. The allergic dog.com, um, you know, broken down modules, handouts, like what else do you really need? It sounds awesome. I'm very, very excited and proud of you. It's so important for us to be getting this content out. 
Um, and yeah, I just really appreciate you giving up your time to be on the yeah. Dermvet podcast to talk about this and, you know, we'll look forward to, uh, seeing each other again in person one day and yes. getting more clothes. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for giving up your time to be on. Thanks, Ashley. Well, Dr. Painter and I could have really chatted for hours about IL-31 and management of canine allergies. I really encourage you to check out her course. You can find it at theallergicdog.com or on her social media platforms. Find ways that you can really absorb the information. It's always changing. There's so many different ways that you can learn how to better help these itchy dogs. Um, I have to thank Dr. Painter for taking time out of her busy schedule to be on the podcast. Um, and I just really hope you guys love learning from this platform. And if you do, please leave a good positive review. You have no idea how much it helps us reach more veterinarians, more technicians, more people that are involved in itchy pets. <laughs>